Hello and welcome to the Tech Lunch Podcast, where we encourage our listeners to learn something new about tech every week. This can range from learning about new and exciting applications to the advancements in coding and technology. If you are always learning, you will always be a step above the rest. Take the time during lunch or during a break to listen and learn, kind of like a lunch and learn, but for the years. This podcast will open the listeners' ears to new and exciting technologies they may have not been purviewed to in the past. These topics will range from manufacturing technologies to data collection technologies and everything in between. Hello, I'm Nick. Hello, I'm Ed. Hey, I'm John. And, you know, this week we're kind of jumping back on our uh, 3D printing, you know, I guess you could call it a journey Mm. at this point. We've kind of gone from, you know, what it is to, you know, using STEM in the classroom, you know, for it. And now... We're going to kind of jump back to, you know, what it is. You know, we're going to go back to, you know, what is 3D printing filament, you know, or what is the 3D printing material? Because based on what, the different types of printers is a different type of filament or, or material you're, you're going to consume. Right, right. Yeah, and, and, and it's crazy because you think about it. We, we've been talking about making something from nothing, something from nothing. But we're not actually making something from nothing. We're forming, um, you know, a polymer. Or, or some type of blend into something. So it's it's uh, it's definitely uh, all of these different materials come with different characteristics and way they, ways they behave, put in different temperatures, different environments. Um, so yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of different ways that these these filaments, um, resins, uh, materials can kind of react in certain situations, and that's um, kind of a key part of how you can get a print to work out is understanding the characteristics chemically um, for these materials. So, so I, for me, what I, I think was unique and was uh, uh, like uh, revolutionary is being able to take something like nylon and uh, printing out nylon and making, say, I want to know how a planetary gear works. And I just need it to be robust enough so that I can connect some type of... Uh, motor to it so I can actually see it move and Mm -hmm. visually see how this planetary gear works without having to spend the money of having a machine. So um, additive manufacturing really benefits from these materials. And uh, uh, what what's unique or what's what's exciting is that we're coming up with new materials all the time. So I I believe things like uh, ABS is is something that's good that you can use if I'm trying to uh, use it as a model. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I, maybe I want to make something so I can see um, temperature changes, and I use a material that responds to different temperatures, so I can see hey, what happens when a uh, uh, a brake pad um, is actually stopping a car? How does the friction and the heat? How's that heat dissipated? I want to make something where I can simulate that so I can teach that in the class. Right, exactly. And now if you think about it, you know, you go all the way to the point where you're, you know, 3D printing carbon fiber. You know, carbon fiber is, is you know, in its infancy, a sheet laid, you know, and resin covered, you know, building material that is formed under pressure, you know, or under vacuum, depending on, you know, how you want to do that. And now we're able to print stuff in carbon fiber. You know, so you've now taken that that carbon and resin material and formed it into, you know, 
one material that acts under a certain weight or temperature. So it kind of takes whatever you know about, you know, um, you know, carbon fiber forming or anything like that and kind of, you know, flips it, you know, kind of on its head. And, you know, I know that, you know, a bunch of us, you know, thought about it and stuff like that. It's like, you know, the resin printers, you know, you have something that's going from a liquid to a solid and it's still attached to a platform, you know, but it starts your life as a, as a liquid with an unknown way of how it converts to a solid, but unless it's based off a of light. Yeah, that, that change of phase was like, it's incredible to see. And, and, and there are several different categories of, um, when we talk about resin, the resin kind of exists in, its, in a category of its own, but there's other categories within the, the, the harder filaments that are, that are more um, kind of uh, pointing you in the direction of what you're trying to, to, to make. Right? Yeah, so like a tactile. Yeah, so we're, if we're thinking now, I, we can focus more on the industrial side, where, uh, like Ed said, ABS, um, uh, depending on what you're doing. If you're doing gaskets and things like that, TPU, um, it's probably going to be more of the, the durable rubbery um, filament if you need it to give a little bit. Um, but then you get on the other side, we talk about the hobbyist side. So we talked about steam and um, uh, stem things. It's, it's PLAs and, and color changing, um, you know, if, if you're trying to print like a, a prototype and I need all of my parts to be distinctly different so that I can see, okay, so these two operate on the same axis but are on separate parts of my piece. I need them to be related to each other. So visually I can see these two are orange. They move together. Um, so it, it kind of translates into that industry-wide um, kind of uh, uh, appeal for that. And then you get into PETG. Now PETG is probably going to be the jack of all trades. Um, personally, PETG is my favorite, uh, just because it's a cheap uh, filament that's going to have a higher temperature uh, melting point, and it's going to be less rigid than um, uh, PLA. Now, hmm. I don't mean it's going to be hard as a rock. Like, it's going to be firm, but it's not going to snap as easy as, like, say, uh, uh, any type of PLA, shiny PLA, um, uh, sorry, silk PLA or anything hmm. like that. So, um, now... I like the fact that you're talking about the temperature changing uh, filament because and 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 uh, discovering new filaments because uh, NASA actually is about a week ago discovered or sorry I should say invented uh, a new filament that can be high temperature, um, high pressure, and their print they can well this is the plan is that they can print it out in space. So in my mind. Immediately what I think of, and I think you'll like this, Ed, is I think of a new space station printing itself at, in space because that's a vacuum, mm -hmm. right? So I can control the temperature of my nozzle. Mm -hmm. That's a vacuum. And if I'm printing with this uh, new alloy that's a thousand times stronger than any previous alloy we've, ma alloy we've made that can survive in space, mm -hmm. why can I continuously build out my uh, spaceship, my space station, mm -hmm. whatever you need it to be? It's It's... We're getting close to those steps. Well, another application that I w I'm kind of excited about it is uh, uh, 3D printing material that's uh, conductive. So now I can take and I can take and start 3D printing transistors microscopically. Mm -hmm. Now I can start uh, maybe creating switches and um, um, uh, maybe devices that uh, can are sensitive to temperature or sensitive to to uh, sounds. Uh, and things like that, 
And then I can use these things. First of all, you would want to use them in a place where you can do t you could teach, uh, because I always think that hands-on is is a lot better than theory. Theory is good after you've had a hands-on um, approach. Once you understand core concepts, mm -hmm. then you can get into theory. I think it's always a mistake to try to do theory before someone understands the core concepts. So yeah. I, I can't I can't build another layer until I have a bottom layer. Yeah, walk so, before you run. Uh, and then the other thing that's exciting is, hey, affordable homes. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe, maybe that's something we can look at using once we get the technology Affordable enough? It, yeah, it's there, but it's not there. Yeah, it, it, it should be as affordable as building an Adobe house. It yeah. should be as affordable as making a TP. Mm -hmm. I mean, housing should be, <clears throat> or anything that we want to manufacture that we want to push out to the masses, and quality to the masses, mm -hmm. not, and something that can be biodegradable. There, there are now materials that now are, are biodegradable, and yeah. they, they, they speed up the process. There are materials we're, we're experimenting with now that can... Uh, uh, come out with a texture that's that's uh, acceptable. Where I don't have to use uh, alcohol or some solvent to to uh, make this thing have a certain texture. Yeah. Uh, what I what I would personally like to see, in my opinion, is if I have a part fail, that I have the capability to take something and print it in metal mm -hmm. or an alloy, yeah. or maybe a, you know. At Mantanium or something like that, like Wolverine calls. You know, maybe maybe mm -hmm. I can make something as durable yeah. in from fan, from uh, science fiction science fiction to science fact. Right. You know, those are some of the things I would be interested in yeah. with and, with the uh, material. You know, it's kind of funny you bring up you know the the affordable housing and stuff like that. You know, the housing market. If you think about it, we have companies out there who are using a three D printer, but their material they're printing with or their filament is concrete. You know, they're, they're building homes, you know, with a 3D printer using concrete. Concrete is their filament. You know, concrete is, you know, their medium, if you should say, you know, you'd say. And it's not just that, you know, there's, you know, a couple companies out there in like, the, in, in, uh, in, in Czech, where they're making barriers that are bulletproof. You know, so they have a Kevlar reinforced concrete that they're printing with. And curing with and sending to other locations, you know, based on what's going on, we won't go into that. Um, but if you think about it, you know, like the DoD does rapid prototyping with a 3D printer in a combat zone to replace parts that fail, you know, on, on certain things. So the filament is, is, you know, able to handle, you know, temperatures-ish. And, you know, when, when we say, when I, you know, we, we say that, what is it, some, some that can't handle high temp and some they can right yeah there, there, there's a few that are um they just have higher higher melting points let's say um so they can withstand those environments for longer um as well as let's say you leave them on in your car on accident it's not gonna be a puddle in the back mm -hmm. seat like as <laughs> the last thing i want is to pick up a puddle of plastic that melted in my car now it's not gonna be like that um it's it's funny that you mentioned building the houses though uh, because like I, I kind of want to get back to um, something we touched on earlier as well, like uh, a couple episodes ago sustainability um, the price point that that you can now make a house if you're 3d printing it mm -hmm. um, if you talk material and labors whole shebang you're cutting that time that they, they could build a house 
you're cutting the, the, the cost of labor, you're cutting the cost, well, probably the same amount of materials, but concrete, probably a little bit cheaper, uh, yeah. depending on what you're trying to make, um, or the, the layout of the home, if you will, but it's, it's something that's like, it's revolutionizing um, the home building market, and it's just a oversized 3D printer, like it's just a giant 3D printer, yeah. uh, and that kind of brings into the, the, the spectrum what uh, Relativity Space is doing with for SpaceX, yeah. is 3D printing rockets, <laughs> like, that's incredible, it would, to, to a degree of uh, accuracy, um, uh, it's, it's level, like it's every, every single line is perfect. It's, it's incredible how much application that has then become. We talked, you talked about earlier printing in, printing in, um, metal. It's not the conventional way of printing, right? It's not extruding metal out. That's, that would be kind of crazy to see. Uh, you need a forge or something for that, but like it's, it's actually welding in the layers. So, and these are reusable. Yeah. So, so it goes back sustainability. Into, yeah, it goes back into the sustainability. They're relanding these rockets, reshooting them out. You're taking something that took uh, dozens of people to work on, hundreds of hours, weeks and months of work. We'll do it in a couple weeks. Give me four guys. Yeah. Well, so. Think about that on the on that same part. You got their you know they're three D printing the the nozzles, the bell housings you know for these motors and stuff like that that are withstanding these pressures and temperatures of spaceflight. Mm-hmm. You know. So I, I grew up as a kid watching uh, Star Wars and Star Trek. So uh, from Star Wars, uh, space travel, obvi- obviously. From Star Trek, we had uh, communicators that looked like flip phones. Guess what? We have flip phones. Mm-hmm. Or we are past flip phones. Um, one of the inter- another inter- interesting thing I saw is people are now 3D printing food. Now, to me, that's a game changer. There is mm-hmm. an application now where people are able to take and 3- 3D print food. It's, it's on a small scale now, but it's not on the scale of, like, printing enough food to feed a village. But could you imagine if I could take um, parts from, like, take a Raspberry Pi and give a person a few components and teach them how to build a 3D printer for less than 300 bucks mm-hmm. and they could feed mm-hmm. a village? No. I mean, th- th- then, you know, that's, that's empowering people. Yeah. You know, that's giving the person not only the fishing rod, it's giving them the depth finder to figure out where the fish are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for me, uh, another thing was I, I grew up with the Terminator, mm-hmm. and the first revi- the first version of the Terminator was uh, a molten uh, metal, a liquid metal. So skeleton, yeah. skeleton. Could you imagine if we were able to take nanobox and marry that with the filament, and then uh, that filament had uh, properties to be conductive, and I can just add a charge from a nine volt battery, and it did the work. I didn't need the the nozzles. I didn't need the heater. The filament itself would actually have the chemical properties to heat itself up to whatever temperature to make it go to that point. I think we talked about it before, you know, a solid and a liquid. Right. Yeah. I think that would be really, really, really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. You start getting to the, you know, uh, you know, material with a memory, you know, it's, you know, you got all that stuff. And it's like, if you think about it, you can take all of the stuff that we're talking about, you know, as, as, as at a commercial, you know, standpoint and bring it to the home. You know, you can 3D print half the, half the stuff in your house, you know, if you really wanted to, you know, to save money. You know, think about it, you know, a 3D printer is not just, you know, sustainable, like we said, or reusable or anything like that. There is a piece of reuse to it. Um, but if you have the right filament and stuff like that, 
you know, or any type of, you know, output that you're going off of, be it concrete, whatever, you can actively print most of the stuff in your house and save yourself money. You're going to spend, what, 300 bucks yeah. um, on a printer? You're going to spend another $17 a roll on that printer, and you can print whatever the heck you want with it. You know, if you think about it, you can get, you know, TPU and print coasters, you know, and or, you know, or PTG, and you can print coasters for your house. You can print, you know, can holders and stuff like that. Stuff that you would go to the store and pay $20, $30 for, you're now paying 20 or $0.30 cents for. Yeah. And it's not none of your time. You design it or you find it on, you know, places like Thingverse. You download it, you print it, you know, however you want it. You can print whatever you want. And the great the other thing is, is, you know, most of the filament, once it's printed, pretty much non-toxic, you know, at that point. Um, you can make kids' toys with it. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, there, there are a few of them that probably shouldn't shouldn't be in the room while they're getting printed with. Like, yeah. But, but, but for the most part, a lot of these things were kind of made with the idea that, it's not the printer is not coming with an enclosure. Right. It's it's gonna have the the reaction like out in the open. Most resin printers, because now it has a reaction that needs to be controlled, comes with an enclosure. Right. So you, you think about a lot of those pieces and, and, and it's 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 just it's it opens up your mind to the the applications. Like um, you talk about printing everything. You can pretty much print everything in your house. Yeah. You you could print you, you know the otter boxes. I could I could three D print one of those, um, you know your your shelves. I could print your brackets for your shelf. Hey, you give me a big enough print bed, I print the whole shelf. I print you a bookcase. Like just give me give me the size, the print bed, and and hell, even if I don't have to print the do the print bed, I could print little models that fit into each other. Um, that you can now you don't have to make it in one piece. It's gonna take a lot longer now, but it is what it is in that sense. And you think about those building blocks and all those pieces is is it goes back into your own creativity is is your limiter. Um, um, Nick was talking about coasters, right? You can you in some cases you would have to struggle to find a specific coaster with like hey I I want this actor's face on it or, mm -hmm. or I want this show's emblem on it like. I need this in this way, and I have it pictured in my head, and I will not change what I want because that's what I, that's what I saw, and that's what I need. There's nothing stopping you from 3D printing that. There's nothing stopping you from going in Tinkercad, in Cura, um, in any of these applications, Fusion 360, AutoCAD, mm -hmm. any of that stuff. That to make it yourself. Make it yourself. A couple YouTube videos. There's a couple tutorials that are gonna walk you through. Like it's it's hey. They, the, the community even encourages you to reach out to them. We want yeah. you to, to take our models, well, I shouldn't say my models, our models as in a unit, and, and build on it. Like, we want you to, to use that. If I see my piece in your bigger robot arm, I see my little gasket over here, I'm still going to be excited for it. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's nice to have those little things around the house as well as the community behind it that, well, hey, hey, why is this not working? Let's get, let's get your print right. So. And I, I hate to keep going back to things because I, I like I like comics, I like Marvel, and I like Iron Man, and I like Jarvis. And it's the reason I say I like Jarvis. I would like to see intelligence uh, incorporated into these uh, 3D printers. I would like to see the handheld technology we have so that, hey, a person doesn't have the capacity to do something in 
3D fusion or the person doesn't have the capacity to do that. But I can take a picture and mm -hmm. I can uh, wireless communicate with this. And Jarvis can say, oh, I see what you want. How long do you, what size, what color? Jarvis, you know what I like. It will be done in 15 minutes. Th th these are the things that we should be doing. Deep learning, machine learning, AI, all incorporated into these, yeah. into these, these machines. But the, the, the thing that, that I think that most importantly, what people are missing or the opportunity as a, as a society we're missing is uh, no one wants to see plastic in the ocean. No one. Right, exactly. Why are we not setting up recycling centers to grab this plastic and make cheap filament? Mm -hmm. Why are we not doing that? Funny thing you mentioned that. And, and that, that's a, a segue to a whole different, you know, bag animals. You know, it's we're on the, 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 um, the level of, you know, material, you know, the topic of discussion is material, is you can take, you can take a, a, a plastic soda bottle and turn that into material for a 3D printer. Yep. You know, you got people out there printing with Mountain Dew, you know, Coca-Cola mm -hmm. bottles, you know, Diet Coke. You know, you know. Next, you know, we're gonna have people making battle bots. You know, it's gonna be Coke versus Diet Coke. You know, and, and based on if you can find enough. You know, and this is like, what's better, Coke or Pepsi? I don't know. Let's make a battle bot. You know, and we'll fight them to the death. You know, it's a bunch of plastic, but hey, who cares? You know, but then the thing is, is once you do that, you can throw it into a shredder, spit it back on the other end, and reuse it. Mm -hmm. You know, three D printing is is one of those things of where the reuse factor is coming back, and you know the filaments. If you do recycle your filaments, please don't put them on the same box. Because yeah. when you go to redo that, you're going to have a really wonky fucking, you know, a really wonky chemical compound going on that no one wants to be around when that thing goes south. Yeah. You know, and, and or smell it when it starts heating up yeah. and you're like, oh, that's not good. And that's why we incorporate <laughs> jars. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the thing is, the next thing we'll be down to Batcave. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Deal with that. You know? But yeah, it's, it's, it's a good idea, though. The reusability, it's a good idea. It's something that like needs to happen. To Ed's point, we have too much trash in the ocean. We have too much excess like trash in, in landfills and, and all these places. Why aren't we making those work for us? Why aren't we reusing those? I don't care. Make it into a different... Make it into a Pepsi bottle from Coke. It's fine. You reused it. It's okay. It's got a new purpose now. It's the whole point of it. So, like, it's it's it's... A, a brilliant thing that you can do that now it's I do want to make one point though with the mixing of the of the um, of the filaments the, it, it can be done but you have to be very mindful of what you're doing uh, because there's a such thing as like a marble PLA mm -hmm. right now they call it PLA uh, they uh, say marble because it it appears marbly it looks like it's got the flakes of a marble uh, sculpture, right? And you think about it is I make this, I take this gray or this kind of matte light gray looking PLA and I uh, I sprinkle flakes of uh, a filament that is of a higher melting point. So it will still kind of melt a little bit, but it's going to maintain those spots on that. It's going to stick through. They kind of do it a little bit with... Um, they try to do it with iron and copper, and it'll get kind of these uh, reactions with um, heating it and things like that and drying. Or if it gets moisture, it'll kind of discolor and things like that. They even do sawdust to make it uh, a wood PLA. 
uh, where you can even stain mm -hmm. that filament. Like you can make a sculpture, a wooden sculpture, stain it, make it, a, make a bench. Uh, we talked about shelving. Yeah. My, the, you 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 could see something stained and not even realize it's three D printed because you know wood's already unless you're sanding it down is already kind of rough when you cut it in and of itself. When you stain it, it's gonna be nice and smooth, but it's gonna look the same. It's gonna it's gonna be kind of a little bit off, but you're not gonna be able to tell the difference. So they can be mixed. You got to be careful, and I don't suggest doing it at home. <laughs> you just think no one's going to ever look at gargoyles and say yeah, never yeah. again. No, no. <laughs> well, so. I, I just see the world of, I see, I see, I've, I've been around electronics since probably I was, I don't know, 10 years. So I've, I've had a, a long uh, relationship with electronics all the way back to before we had microcontrollers where you were building these things on a breadboard. And capacitors use mylar plastic. Why haven't we figured out another way to use the plastic using mm -hmm. 3D printing to, to incorporate this into some of the electrolytic capacitors or, or how, why are we not using these, uh, this plastic to um, maybe we can use some of the properties where some plastics uh, are susceptible to moisture. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can take that and when I have an oil spill, I can take this plastic and 3D print it and it absorbs all the oil because of the properties we incorporate with it. Mm -hmm. um, we, like I said, I grew up with Star Trek. This next generation need to be better than Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's when we're starting to like Star Wars, you know. But it's just you know as we get down the go down the the, the filament and the material you know strain, you know we start looking at all the different things that we got out there. You know you got you got PLA, you got TPU, you got PTEG, you got you know, nylon, nylon X, once we start getting to the, the X's and Z's and Y's and all the other stuff, yeah, you, you know, it, fiber with the nylon right. Yeah. You start getting, you know, Kevlar, you know, you're, you're 3d printing with Kevlar, yeah. you know, out of all things, you know, you know 3d printing for body armor because well, you can't, you mm -hmm. know, think about it. The only thing you can't print is your ceramic plates, you know, for, for a, a vest, but I guarantee you somebody's going to figure it out eventually. Just how good. We figured out how to print concrete. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, and then we started getting into like the resin printers and stuff like that, where you know everything starts with a liquid, you know, liquid to solid, and you, know, you really can't go back. You know, it's you I, that's the only one that I don't think you really can recycle like you can everything else. Mm. Um, because you know, you really can't turn a solid back, you can turn a solid back into a liquid, but you can't turn it back in the same thing it was. You know, it's just gonna be different now, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not gonna go in reverse, yeah. Um, however, you're also, and this is the one thing, you know, I know we're getting towards the end of time here is, you know, when you're looking at the different materials that we have out there is how they're going to look when they're done. If you think about it, what is it? The, the resin printers have a better for figurines and stuff like that. Yeah. You won't see the layer lines. You're not, it's going to be smooth. It's going to look like it was out of a, a, a factory that you, you went to a store and bought it. If it's resin, if it's filament. You're gonna see those lines, which we talked about earlier with the wood. It's okay because you got the wood grain, um, the grain of the wood. It's that there's already lines there. You just kind of blend mm -hmm. in. Uh, but for most of the filaments, you're gonna get lines. We talked about the rockets. The the um, yeah. they have the lines. Like you, you, unless you sand, you, you're gonna have a little bit of line. Yeah, gives it character. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Character building. Makes it unique. Right, exactly. <laughs> like I said, I, I hate to keep being the oddball, but I'm going to be the oddball. That's 
it's my obligation to well, be the oddball. Why don't you, why don't you uh, send us out there, Ed, while you're at it? So the, here's, here's, another, here's another thing to think about, or here's something to challenge your thinking. What if I was able to take the molecules out of the air, atmosphere, and put that into some machine that was a 3D printer? and combine those molecules in some combination, whether on a terrestrial planet like Earth or whether in space in Mars. And I was able to take those chemical compositions with Jarvis <laughs> and uh, do these things with just air. What yeah. if I was able to do those things? That saying is that it's possible now, but that's what we should be thinking. So like a cloud that 3D prints rain? <laughs> well, no, more like... Uh, a, a apparatus that pulls in air and it takes the molecules that's in the air, oxygen, hydrogen, or whatever else that's in those in that atmosphere, and it converts those things into materials. Yeah. And it pretty much can create an ecosystem like the nitrogen cycle or something like that mm -hmm. in a place where it doesn't you know, have it. Talking about terraforming the planet now. It's <laughs> well, you know, ego. A little bit of an ego there. Yeah. Ego. Yeah. So, uh, like, like I said, we always... We always appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. And uh, from myself, uh, we really appreciate the uh, support we're getting. And uh, I'll just let uh, the other two guys just kind of give you their uh, farewell. But uh, as always, we appreciate your support. So I, I really appreciate it. First off, I want to thank uh, both Nick and Ed um, because this is a, a platform to speak to more than you know, just a group of friends that are already interested in the 3D printing. It gets yeah. that, that word out there. So it's it's something that, you know, it's been stimulating for me and, and, and has also kind of made me think differently about some of my 3D printing. So it's it's been a pleasure the whole time. And I appreciate everybody listening too. So. You know, it's it's like, you know, I'll piggyback off of that and we'll go ahead and end it here in a, little, here in a second. Is you know we want to thank everybody. You know we're seeing that we got some global listeners now and stuff like that, and you know we're happy about that. You know we're happy about the people listening to us right here in the you know good old USA. But you know more that we can get the message out, more we can get people interested in STEM and STEAM and you know Industry 4.0 amongst other things. You know 3D printing. You know if we can get one more 3D printer in the hands of a kid or you know one more 3D printer in the hands of an adult that's interested, you know we've won. You know and we're very happy about that. So, you know, when we leave you with a charge, you know, go out there and try to learn this, you know, play with it, um, you know, try to get into Tinkercad and do a little bit of 3D modeling and, uh, you know, go from there, do your own research. And, you know, if you have any questions on it, you know, send us an email and we're more happy to respond to you. So, you know, we bid you, you know, a good day and, uh, you know, hopefully talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Tech at Lunch podcast, where we hope you learn something about tech during your break or during your lunchtime. If you did, please give us a follow to prevent missing future episodes. If you have any ideas or something you want to hear or learn about, please send us a show idea to podcast at vulcanora.com. Hope you have a good rest of the day and continue learning.